It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, June 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is all torts all the time. Torts watch is over. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find my partner in crime here, Russ Cohen, on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. That's where you'll get all the latest info on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to talk more about John Tortorella and what his coaching era might look like coming up prior to his officially signing on the dotted line. We've got our Thursday prospect profile in Julian Lutz. Excited to talk about him. Plus, we've got some of your mailbag questions. So a jam-packed episode. Excited to get going. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also subscribe over on YouTube. Head over there and give us a like and subscribe there as well. All right, Russ. So we've got a little bit of additional information since we did our breaking news segment that we put out uh, yesterday late morning. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. Lots of good stuff on John Tortorella. Uh, We might be hearing uh, today or we might have already heard in terms of the final contract Mm -hmm. by the time you are listening to this episode. But Uh, One thing that we did learn, uh, Elliot Friedman said on the Jeff Merrick show yesterday that he thinks that Barry Trotz was the Flyers' first choice for the job and that for whatever reason, uh, probably Barry Trotz choosing to not want the job or wanting another job in particular. And so Tortorella, they, they just slotted right in and secured him. Yeah, I mean, you and I never felt Barry Trotz was coming. It didn't matter right. whether he's your number one or not. We just never felt like he was coming. He was having conversations because he wanted to have conversations. He's trying to build up his salary because Winnipeg may have been, you know, balking a little on salary, and now Boston's opened up. Maybe he'll look at them. But in the end, I never thought he was coming. You never thought he was coming. No, I mean, he was my number one choice because I think ultimately of all the coaches out there, he was the best one, and I think – could do the best job, but I never once thought it was actually going to happen. Uh, There were just too many roadblocks for the Flyers to be that destination for a guy like him, who clearly I think would want a a coaching job where he was much closer to getting a run at a Stanley Cup. Right. And I also think there would have been some some static with, with him and Fletcher where now you have Tortorella, you've got Holmgren, who could sort of be the intermediary because they know each other from USA Hockey and such. So there's going to, you know, look, the old guard of the Flyers, they got the guy they wanted. Like, that's a reality. I think that, you know, we did talk about it, like I said, on our little uh, special episode we did yesterday. But there are definite pros and cons to Tortorella. And I think there's a lot of people who are upset 
by the hire. There's a lot of people that love the hire and as well they should be because there are pros and cons to everybody, torts included. Uh, but I think the thing that I'm thinking about with this hire is number one, I'm going with what Chuck Fletcher is telling me that they're doing an aggressive retool. This isn't a rebuild. And they need somebody that can turn this team around from an accountability perspective. And that is what John Tortorella brings in terms of his good side and what he excels at. Uh, I do think that it is valid to want a rebuild. It's valid to want to tear things down and think that Chuck Fletcher isn't the right guy for the job. Uh, I absolutely understand that perspective. I kind of agree with it to some, to some extent, but the world that we are living in is that Chuck Fletcher is sticking around for the next year, maybe two. And I think that given all of these circumstances and what we know about where this team is going, John Tortorella is a really solid option. Yeah, he's a solid option. I, I think, you know, a few things are at play here. First one is, and take this from a New York Jets fan, you could say that you're not having a rebuild and you could have maybe the worst season you've ever had as an organization. And then that after that season, all of a sudden you say it's a rebuild. And I've seen it happen twice in the last decade with the Jets. And it certainly could happen to the Flyers. Like that is always. Oh, possible. yeah. Would not shock me in. But the they're going to at least try not to do it at first. And so by mm -hmm. trying not to do it. I get it. Tortorella can get more out of some of these players, but there's no way this roster is staying the same. I can guarantee you that. There's no way. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, how much do you think he will influence these offseason roster moves? Well, I think some players probably had a bad day today, and I bet you some of them have texted because, again, this this team now, you have, you're going to have to show up day one and work your ass off. And you're going there's a lot of accountability now. And there's now a lot of play in your own end. And there's going to be a lot of benching if you don't play well in your own end. And that's going to change things dramatically. And he doesn't care how much you make. He doesn't care what you did before. He doesn't care if you're Ryan Ellis and you might come back. He doesn't care about stuff like that. Like now with Ryan Ellis, Ryan Ellis will have to find a spot on the roster when he's ready. John Tortorella doesn't know Ryan Ellis. He is going to go on with this team as if Ryan Ellis doesn't exist. I wouldn't expect anything less from Tortorella. I do think the other aspect of, of Torts' reputation that kind of sticks is um, you mentioned, you know, him benching players if they yes. don't put forth a, a, you know, a full ice effort. Uh, but the other aspect of that is maybe potentially ignoring skilled players uh, just on the basis of effort alone. And then also just forcing people to block shots all the time. And I think people get concerned mm -hmm. that that causes injuries and wears down your players. And that's eventually what gets him run out of town. But it takes three or four years every time. It was only one year for Vancouver, <laughs> but everybody else, it's just about four yeah. years every time. Uh, and sometimes they have good success. We can't forget, like, Columbus beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. They swept them. And they did. That, and that was a big deal for that organization. People don't realize it's like, oh, you just made the playoffs big deal. But for them, it was massive. And and apparently, Torts is taking credit for changing the way the Lightning played. And Cooper said there might be some truth to that. So, And I do think there's truth to that. And it changed the way the Lightning were operating. And now you see that they're winning all the time. There is a cause and effect here that that Tortorella can do. There's no question about it. But there are going to be players that are not going to like his style. Uh, 
maybe they're not going to ask for a trade, but they're, you're going to find out early on that things are not working out and then trades might happen or they might happen ahead of time knowing that they may not work out. Like that is just, you know, a fact of life now. That's something where, and, and again, Chuck Fletcher will only have to worry about what players John wants. He's not going to have to worry about any of these other things. Who's going to mesh? What's this? What that? No, he's not going to have to worry about other than the cap that just the acquiring of other players and getting who the coach wants. And the coach is going to say, listen, I'll work with anybody, but behind the scenes, he is going to want certain guys. And he is just like Mike Keenan that way. And Mike Keenan, like as an example, when he took over the Rangers, traded a lot of guys to get his guys. Now, he did win a cup. I can't guarantee you Tortorella is going to win a cup, but I guarantee you he's going to want some of his guys. Yeah, and and that's you know part of what you get when you take a job like this is you get yeah. the right to help dictate personnel. And, and if that helps your team play better, then I think it's worth it in the end. I mean, I'm sure we'll look at individual moves and have some questions, but... I think that ultimately he's running the ship now and we'll have to see what that means in terms of, of player moves. I think the other question I have going into this is what the rest of the coaching staff might look like. Is is he going to get some good cop kind of guys to you know be his assistants? Are they going to go away from pulling from former flyers kind of like insider guys or, or is he going to bring in you know people he's worked with before well i think with columbus he did allow them to keep like one or two coaches like again he doesn't care about goaltending so if you know if dillabas stays he's not going to care mm-hmm. he's going to leave everything goaltending up to him and completely yeah. ignore the goalies so that's yeah that's his fine. well the one thing he does care about with goalies is them getting run. Like he will sure. go off if his goalies yeah. get run. But beyond that, he's pretty hands off with the goalies other than yeah. occasionally pulling him if he gets mad. Beyond that, he lets the goaltender coach do his job. So so there's that. And maybe he would let them, you know, dictate one coach. But the rest is going to be him. And, and it's going to be that way. And it should be that way. And it wouldn't shock me if it's going to be that way for the AHL too. Because again while they sort of let that fritter away last year, um, he's not going to want any part of that because actually all the teams he's been at, for my best recollection, is the AHL teams were pretty damn good too where he could bring up guys. That's how he was able to bring up a guy like Stu Bickle who was literally a nobody and got somebody, got work, you know, production out of him. I think you have to make sure you're, you're getting your AHL team very well coached and you have some of the players like a Radcliffe might be a guy that Torch looks at and says, yeah, I could do something with this guy. You know, you're going to need some of those kinds of players down there for when he's bringing them up, whether it's because of injury or just because of lack of play or they're losing. Definitely agree with that. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what prospects he can get some extra juice out of this season. Uh, one thing I am looking forward to is the division rivalries, obviously having coached oh, yeah. two of the divisional rivals and despising a third one in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, I'm sure there'll be fans that will be mad, but you know what? You got to just wait and see what the results are. The results were never going to happen with Mike Yo. No. 
and at least you have to give the Flyers credit. Like they still owe Vigneault like what five and a half million dollars, something like that, and they're going to pay Torts somewhere between five and six. So they are putting their money where their mouth is in, in regard to the you know trying to get better via coaching. All right. Well, we are going to switch gears and talk about the NHL draft and prospect Julian Lutz coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about a new flavor at Built Bar. You know how our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their mud pie flavor. It is really good, by the way. Uh, and for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and the mud pie puff. I had the puff. Uh, you're going to love the new Mud Pie Built Bar and Built Puff. Whenever you need a snack or for your workout or a late night treat or just grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. The new Mud Pie Par is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. Not convinced? Luckily, we saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. All Built products are low calorie high protein and low sugar mud pie is packed with 16 grams of protein and a whole only 150 calories and eight grams of sugar and that's what's great about built is all their bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you you've got to try mud pie as soon as possible they're they're only available for a limited time Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We have an important favor to ask of you. Locked On has put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners just like you and make your favorite Locked On shows just like Locked On Flyers even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and what you don't like about our shows. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. Won't take very long. Everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. That's lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. And thanks for your help. Okay, Russ, Julian Lutz. Excited to talk about this kid. He is from Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a forward, 18 years old, currently plays in the German league, only played 14 games this season. Going to want to hear about why that is with a goal and two assists. But also importantly, he was on the German U18 team where he averaged a point per game, two goals and two assists in four games. Uh, the other interesting aspect of his development, I thought, was that he was in the same youth hockey program as J.J. Paterka, mm -hmm. who is uh, coming out of Buffalo right now and I think is going to do really well. Uh, he is under contract with his German league team for next year. And so it seems like he will stay over there, but uh, he's a guy who's a second round pick. So this is someone that the Flyers would have to trade into that round to get. But I mean, uh, he could be a third. He actually yeah. could be. Uh, the reason being, um, there's going to be an issue with some teams just from not having enough live viewings. You know, he he didn't play that much this year. Uh, the U18s, they definitely saw him. In the German League, they may have seen him. Uh, he didn't give an answer as to why he only played 14 games. I don't know what the injury was, but he didn't talk about it. So what's interesting is this is what the combine is very good for, for someone like me, but even for teams at times too, so they could just see him athletically on the floor. 
He hasn't played that much. Uh, he probably, you know, they probably checked off his name like I did at the U18s after seeing him and maybe, you know, got busy with a lot of other things like I did. And then it's like, you know, I forgot to sort of follow up on Julian Lutz. So he reminded me, you know, when he's sitting there at the combine and I was going to walk away and they're like Julian Lutz. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to talk to this guy. And so I, you know, I waited an extra five minutes to eat my sandwich and, <laughs> and I spoke to him. And I know as a media person, it's an important decision to make. Trust me, when it's free food or you want to talk to your like your 20th guy that morning before lunch, that's a toughie. But I did talk to him. I think he's a center. Uh, if he's not, it's okay. The fact that he is tied into Paterka and they're good friends and they've been on a similar path is a positive because Paterka is coming out hot out of Buffalo, like you said. He's got a really good one-timer. I, I like his long skating stride. He doesn't give up on plays offensively. He's got a little dangle to him. He, uh, you know, He'll take some hits, but he'll give them back also. He's a really good passer, and he's good mm -hmm. with the shot pass. Like he, you know, That's where he's got some skill where he could fake that shot and make that quick pass. Uh, he's already 6'2", 190, so you know he's got a pro body. But this is a guy where teams might say, we just don't know. And so, you know, I think what the reason, you know, like I asked him, who, who just, did you speak to Florida and Tampa? I asked him those teams because I knew, uh, you know, either lacking of first-round picks or late in the second might be where he goes, and, and it still could go into the third. And he was like, yeah, he did, and he liked talking to winning teams and teams that win, and that's great. That's just fantastic but if you're a team that wants him you can go out there and get aggressive and trade up and get him and and that's where i look at the flyers and say well you've got the stockpile of 2023 but you've got a guy like this and right. you could tell me all day long 2023 is better and i'm not going to tell you yes or no right now because i don't know for sure but when i see sort of like an un, un not an unmind but an undermined guy where hey with a lot more playing time, you could really have something here, maybe even a top six uh, guy here, but it's going to take a little while. He needs to play a full season. And like you said, DEL is pretty good. Like they'll let you break a contract, but and, and I think it was the Sioux Greyhounds that have his rights. Most yes. likely he will go to Germany. But if a team says, Hey, we want you to play in the Sioux uh, and it'll speed your thing, you know, speed you up. We think you need to play more games. He might be open to that because right after the Sioux, then he can go right to the AHL where a lot of other players can't, right? Because, you know, different rules. So either way, he's got a good path. He's had good training. He's smart. He just needs reps. And so that's where we're going to find teams that have him on the board in completely different spots. And he will be a player that other teams eventually trade up for. You know, you'll you'll hear about it at the draft and it'll be like, uh, uh wait. You know, and this team is trading up and let's see who they get. And they're going to, it's going to be Julian Lutz. I don't know what round I think, I think it'll be late second or third, but that's just my guess. I think it would be sort of a, a taking a chance if you're waiting for that third round to pick a guy like mm -hmm. this. We've also talked about maybe third round is when the Flyers should pick up a goalie. Mm -hmm. So you got to consider all of that. The other thing too, is, is you bring up an interesting point because let's just say the Flyers draft this kid. It is a really interesting choice between leaving him in Germany where he can play in a league against men, right? Mm -hmm. Where he could gain experience that's more akin to NHL hockey in that sense, but having him closer 
and in the developmental system that the OHL provides in Sioux could also provide some benefits. And there is that direct path to the AHL that you talked about. So to me, it would be a very difficult decision, uh, especially because you think he needs to get more reps. I think that's ultimately where you'd have to to make the call. But I think, you know, maybe he would be more comfortable doing that in Germany. Yeah, I mean, at least from a Flyers perspective, Danny Briere played in Germany, so he has a good idea mm-hmm. of how that league is. He probably has contacts there. And so maybe he would even have a little more information than some other teams on him. And that's a good thing. I'm sure Buffalo is keeping their eye on him because of Paterka. Right. You know, so you have to look out for that. But this is, you know, the kinds of things that go on in a draft where I say, if I could trade one of my 2023 seconds for a 2022 second because somebody just wants to do that and there's nobody on the board that they want or for whatever reason it's an extra and they don't want to make three picks in the second round, I would do it for this guy. I don't care about next year's draft. I'm already going to have a year of development of this guy before the next draft. And that's where you have to sort of look things. Or if the Flyers are going to make a trade and they're going to trade somebody because he's not a torts guy and they get a second, well, you know, then you might have some flexibility, even if it's a late one. This is where, you know, you could really hit a home run in these draft in this draft, but it won't show up right away. Right. And I think when you're talking second, third round, maybe this is where you take a chance on someone mm-hmm. like this. And if it doesn't pan out, I don't think you look bad for taking a shot at it. No. I think you know, it's a whole different ball game with a Jay O'Brien pick. That's a yes. first round where there's a little bit more of a spotlight there. But if you're talking second, third round, you could take a shot on a yep. kid like this because if it does pan out, it's going to look really good. Yeah. And, you know, all the tools are there. He's smart. Like you said, he's been playing against men. Uh, he played really well in his own age group in the U18s. So he's passed a lot of early tests. Now he just needs to play more and you know, if you're a team that gets him, you could talk to him about his offseason training. He looks like he needs to, you know, get a little stronger, even at 190, maybe just a little more man strength. I don't know if he has to really put on much, much, much more muscle, maybe like five pounds. But, you know, this is a guy who could really be a handful in, in two, three years. And, you know, it could even be two. You know, you never know. And that's where I, I, I feel like if you're looking in this draft, there's a lot of guys like this where you have to decide – is he worth taking a chance on? Because the payoff could be really great here. And you know what? Right now, we can we have the ability to do this because we're you know you know as Chuck Fletcher will always say, it's a wide open Flyers team right now. With you know, well, it's going to be that way with the prospects too. And I feel like get a little aggressive, get a little creative. You know, if you want to get a guy like this, I I won't kill you. Well, we'll see if they do just that in a few weeks now. It's getting closer, so uh, that's always good. Uh, We will be answering a few of your mailbag questions coming up next, and I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of Tortorella-related things in it. All right, so our first mailbag question. How do the Flyers utilize Rasmus Ristolainen in a John Tortorella system? Will he get the best out of Risto? Yeah, he's going to have him blocking tons of shots. He's going to ask him to be aggressive. He's going to ask him to be a little less loose with the puck sometimes where he has these turnovers. And he'll talk to him about that. He'll talk to him about playing this role because this is still a new role for Risto. Like he just did this for the first time this year. And now you've got a defensive specialist here. And so I think he will get a lot out of him. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, Risto has a ceiling. Don't get me wrong. I, right. I don't think we should expect stardom out of him at all. But I do think that's where Tortorella can help in terms of the turnovers. I, I think that's a big, big part of it. And I think the instinct to block shots uh, and the defensive play is already there for Risto um, in, in terms of what he gravitates toward. But I think Tortorella could fine tune it a little bit to make that aspect yeah. of his game a little bit better. Again, not, I'm not saying great. I'm just saying a little bit better. Right. Maybe I'm with you. Toward where he needs to be. Okay. Next question. Are there any particular prospects or younger players that you think will benefit from Tortorella as their coach? Well, I think Farabee. I mean, Torts is from Massachusetts, isn't he originally? Um, that I don't know, actually. I believe so. I believe so. I could be wrong, but I believe so. Uh, I think he'll talk his language. He'll see the talent there. He, he'll he see the willingness to do anything, which Farabee is willing to do anything. He sees that he tries to do um, play good defense, and he'll probably talk to him about trying to do too much. And he'll say, you know, rely on your teammates more. I think there's a lot that he could get out of Joel Farabee. Uh, I think he can get a lot out of Morgan Frost because Frost already was back-checking. He was already winning face-offs, and now – it's the incorporating the offensive part. And I think he could give him some answers to that on how you do it while you still play defense, because I think Frost can do that in transition. I think he is that kind of player and has those kinds of hands. So I think Torts can do that for him too. Uh, I think Provorov too. I think Provorov will be, Torts will be good for him because Torts will look at him and, you know, guess what? Uh, if Torts were to see more offense out of Sanheim and, better defensive play out of Provorov, he might just switch them up. Like, you know, don't think just because Provorov has been the number one, he's going to be the number one under the torts. And same thing with Sanheim. Right. I mean, again, he doesn't care about what happened. He's only going to look at what works for him. And so, so that whole, all the defensive parents could get turned upside down. Well, and speaking of defensemen, I think for me, I'm very interested to see what he could do with a guy like Ronnie Adderd, because mm -hmm. I feel like the experience that he got this past season was good, but I think he really needs more help that he was kind of thrown out there yeah. a little bit and told, you know, just do the best you can kid. Whereas yeah. like in a situation with a more structured coach who cares about defense, I think that he could really progress quite a bit in limited ice time, which is right. exactly what he needs. Yeah. He won't give him a ton of ice time. Exactly. But I, I think that's the sweet spot for what mm -hmm. if Ronnie Adderd is on the Flyers roster, that's where he needs to be. Next question. So where do we think Barry Trotz ends up? I still think Winnipeg. I've thought it all along. Um, I've heard people, not people, I've just heard that maybe Boston likes Blash Hill. So if that's the case, I Oof. think Trotz, Trotz would <laughs> okay. go there. Well, I mean, there are positives about Jeff Blashill. There are. and That is true. That's true. The thing about Barry Trotz, the reason I don't think he ends up in Boston is because, you know, it kind of came out in Philly that he wants to have a little to do with management um, or at least management decisions and maybe transfer into management down the line. Well, Cam Neely doesn't like many guys, including coaches, messing with what he does. And I can't imagine even Barry Trotz would have a great relationship with Cam Neely. So I think that could be an issue where Blashill, you know, will be more amenable to it because he's not a Barry Trotz. And he did work with Iserman, who was that way a little bit too. So I think that's a reason maybe why they're saying Blashill is a fit there and maybe 
why I think Trotz is maybe not a fit there. Those are good points. Uh, yeah, I, I do think he's going to end up in Winnipeg. It just has made sense from the beginning in terms of where the team is, the family connection, everything. And there's so, a brewery there that said they will give Trotz beer for yeah. life if he signs on. Well, there you go. That is I mean, the I would never factor. turn down that, ever. <laughs> All right, last question. How long before Torts gets fined for saying something out of bounds? Uh, he's gotten better at this. So I would say a month into the season. All right. I'm going to give him two months. Okay. Just to give him a little bit of credit there. Uh, he'll be on of, good behavior for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, speaking of that, our Flyers fun thing. There is a Sportsnet compilation of all of John Tortorella's best sound bites. They're a lot of fun. A lot of good memories there uh, with him chewing out, officiating, uh, getting salty about the penguins lots of good stuff is there the one there. with larry brooks and the bus stop yes okay because i was there for that i was in that scrum i have that soundbite as well it's one of the all-time all-timers because larry wasn't going to give an inch and john wasn't going to give an inch yeah it, it was epic and, now, i also will tell and you it's basically telling him how to do his job right but i'll also tell you that really stemmed from i happened to cover a penguins not penguins a lightning um, devils series a couple of years ago when torts was still there and Brooks was covering as well. And I had just walked into what would have been the coach's press conference, but it ended early. And I said to somebody what's going on here. And they're like, Brooks and Torts just went at it and it kind of ended early. So I didn't even know what went hat, what happened, but it kind of started then in those playoffs, whatever year that was. Nice. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. Always more to talk about. I'm sure there will be more on John Tortorella. Maybe we'll have an official contract and a press conference. We'll see. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the backup goalie position for the Flyers and mm -hmm. if they are going to sign someone else in addition to Ivan Fedotov. And, of course, we'll wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you, the listener. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel. I am on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. Catch me on the Friday show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.